Welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. And, um, and, and it, it, it is a human right. I believe having access to financial education is not a nice to have or something that, you know, we, we can do if you want to. But it, it's actually a, everybody should have the right to learn about money. Today, ANZ's Michelle Commodore and RMIT professor Rosalind Russell share insights on financial literacy, trust and well-being. We hope you enjoy the discussion. I was going to ask you, Ros, so the focus on the report this year, it's obviously mm-hmm. about um, uh, money-minded or financial well-being in a disability services context. We had you look a little bit at the issues that are arising after the rollout of the NDIS in Australia. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what you found about the, the financial challenges that might be coming out of that program? Look, it, it, it's been an interesting um, confluence, I think, of, of, um, of things happening in, in this space. And the NDIS has, if anything, heightened the need and heightened the focus on, on how important it is for people to have access to financial education. And, um, and it, it, it is a human right. I believe having access to financial education is not a nice to have or something that, you know, we, we can do if you want to. But it, it's actually a, everybody should have the right to learn about money. Most people can learn about it in other ways, but people who are in vulnerable uh, situations like people with disability um, have not had access to learn about money because they haven't had access to using money. So all of a sudden the NDIS appears and all of a sudden they have to be, have control and exercise choice and, um, and have control over their lives and make choices and, um, and handle their own um, you know, service providers, do a budget and all these things which they've never ever had to do before. So it actually has provided an opportunity for money-minded or for, and for financial education to really make a, um, a big impact for people who are working with those NDIS clients, I think in particular. So it, it has been a gap. We were quite surprised that there hasn't been anything provided to people who are supposed to, you know, do their own plans or think about their um, their financial lives. <laughs> um, and so it was really quite a um, it was quite apparent that there was a great need for uh, for people to be able to access um, some some know how and and learn about money and and we think and from the study um, we do believe that the best way for this to happen is to skill up service providers and people working with um, the clients of NDIS because they're with them on a you know on on a regular basis when that when those particular moments come around for planning or reviewing or um, making changes to their plan and they sit down with them and talk about things and of course money is going to come up and paying for service providers and and so that's the perfect opportunity and we often talk about life events in in financial education about when's the best time for people to have some um, information about money and life events is a is a critical point and so I think the NDIS can represent a life event and um, and it provides that people are open to it they're ready to learn they need to know how to learn in order to um, become more independent and that's what the and I think the biggest impact for people with disability and financial education is to increase their independence that's their main goal yeah and one of the strengths you know when we've um, looked at the way that we can deliver money-minded in the community what we've really focused on from ANZ's perspective is building the capacity of people who Mm. work in the community sector who are most often seeing clients who 
could benefit from some support in building their financial skills and their financial well-being. And so part of our approach is to work with really trusted community partners, yeah. and that's partners like the Brotherhood of St Lawrence, the Smith family, Berry Street and others, um, who've got access to the community who can most benefit. So we put our energy into uh, building their capacity, training them with the materials, providing them with support, training and, and, and other merchandise and whatnot that they can take to their clients, and that's a good way for us to reach those that target yeah. audience without us having, ANZ having to do it ourselves, but the partners are the best place to reach those people. It's yeah. a perfect model, actually, and the most um, um, highly advocated model, um, doing a partnership approach with the community for, for financial education. So that's why it works so well, and I think... Um, skilling up the people who are on the ground and front line. So in terms of impact, I think that would be one of the, the major impacts is that it actually has, um, has the ability to, to for, for the people who are the support workers, people who are supporting clients who are vulnerable and in need, having them with the skills and the knowledge and the resources means that it can go to a wider base and, um, and, to, and to where's needed. So um, it's, it's a perfect model. Mm. And also the trust issue actually is, mm. a, is really important because um, that's the way that the community will have trust in the, in the program and that is one of the issues that, has, that comes up with um, the community is about why are banks doing this and um, we can't trust banks so <laughs> can we trust the program but having it delivered through the community builds that trust and, um, and also builds the reputation of ANZ because um, through the safety and sort of the, um, the, yeah, the, the trust in the community organisation. Mm. So actually one of the individuals um, from the autistic, we did a, um, a study with autistic individuals in this, la- in this la- last research and um, they were sort of talking about, you know, why is a bank doing this? And he said, isn't it like, um, you know, a bank teaching financial skills like the fox teaching the chickens life skills <laughs> and, and I thought that was really funny but they all really appreciated the fact that the bank was investing in it and and providing the resources yeah. for the community then to um to share the knowledge and the yeah. skills and it's really important i mean that's something that as you know Rosalind, we've focused on for many years is making sure that it's unbiased yes, uh, exactly. education material and that it's not to be confused with um, you know marketing or promotional material yeah. for our products and services and that's part yeah. of that trust it's about having money yeah. minded in the community and having people over many years really mm-hmm. understand that the the essence of money minded is about uh, building financial skills and confidence it's, it provides um, links to other resources so it's not just about yes. money minded it sends people off to other sources like the money smart the government that's website right. which has been developed to support consumers with money matters um, we hope we hope that it's really held up as an unbiased piece of um, education. I think people have come to they trust do, that. Yeah, and, and and actually one of the good signs, which might be good for them, but is I think most in Saberfuss they don't realise that ANZ are involved in it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, that's the that's how unbiased it is. Um, but then it is uh, probably not good from a marketing perspective. <laughs> so. We've also got a bit going on with you know our own thinking at ANZ about mm. um, what our role is in society and how we um, play a role in things like financial well-being and and so mm. while Money Mind is a financial education package and we've got a, our our eye really placed in a broader context of finance, overall financial well-being because financial literacy is a key underpinning part of financial well-being but it's not the only thing there are lots of other factors in people's lives which will lead to their their well-being their financial well-being and their overall yes. health and well-being um, so part of what we're looking to do is to continue working with our, our partners to develop a program through Money Minded that has the best 
opportunity to build on on the financial well-being, particularly of vulnerable communities. And what's really great about this year's report, um, the last couple of years actually, last year we did a focus on uh, the impact or the, the, the role of financial education in a family violence context. So mm. looking at what is the role that we can play as a bank in supporting people who are accessing family violence services um, to make sure that they can deal with financial issues that come up for them, and whether that's financial abuse or whether it's just money matters that come up when they're, when they're undertaking or undergoing difficulties. This year we've had a focus, we've asked Rosalind and her team to look at the issues particularly facing people living with disability. So as she said, the autism example is a really good example of a particular segment in our community who've got particular money issues. Mm-hmm. So how do we understand what those issues are and how can we play a role through Money Minded and other programs like it in helping to address some of the issues that those, those people have? So local area coordinators that we, we did a number of focus groups with for this study to, um, to try and, um, first of all, understand what are some of the financial challenges that the NDIS clients um, are facing and how they might be addressing that and, um, and, and you know, how can Money Minded play a role. And so they, they, they do, they, they know exactly the types of challenges they're, being, they're, they're facing and, and also what kind of information they need at different points. And also which types of, um, I mean, yeah, the diversity is, is one of the issues. And so young parents with um, children who are having uh, on the early intervention scheme with NDIS will need their different sort of um, have different needs and um, and capacities than a person who is is already an adult and um, and living with a carer and and doesn't have much scope for you know has never managed their own money before so the needs are so diverse but the local I mean the the, 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 the linchpin in it and I suppose the common denominator are the local area coordinators and people who provide support to mm. those clients so they talk with them they understand it and they know what they need so it's a really great opportunity and yeah the benevolent society um, are doing a great stuff and the, and the brotherhood of st lawrence some um, they're already providers but the benevolent society have thought of great ways of of integrating it with um, existing services so i think that's also really important in um in terms of financial education is that it's not a standalone thing so you don't have money over here and then your life over there. So it's uh, money-minded is part of everything. It's important in housing. It's important in relationships. It's important in health. It's important in all aspects of life. And that's where the service providers can easily pick up. And that's what we found in this in the studies so for many over many years um, is that to be able to pick up and know and have the confidence to talk about money with the people that need it has been a great benefit of money minded so whereas before they were hesitant to talk about money because it's you know it's it, they might not have the skills or the knowledge of everything around them in terms of finances themselves so so that terms of of upskilling has been really important and um, and useful mm. In the in the research this year too, uh, Rosalind and the team at RMIT. So you've done a lot of work in the disability, the broad disability services context, and NDIS. Twenty nine percent or something of people, of clients of the NDIS NDIS system are from people with living with autism. Is that right? Is that oh, that's the percentage? The, yes, it was. Yes, yeah? it was. That's right. So it's a pretty significant proportion yes, of the, exactly. the clients we're talking about. And yeah. part of the the study that you've undertaken this year, there's been a companion piece where. Um, RMIT University has joined with Autism CRC to do a little bit of a focus study on the site. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, study? look, that wasn't so money-minded specific, but it was a bit broader about what what their financial lives look like and what are their challenges 
what they would like to know and um, and what they're missing out on. And it was really, really interesting because they are so thirsty for knowledge um, because they want to be independent as much as possible. And it's everyday stuff. Like, you know, what is they really interested in tax and things about superannuation. They hear things that go on, um, but they don't understand them. They haven't had access to that information. Most of their finances are set up by a parent, um, but then they can sort of manage it if it's simple enough. So it's the the whole whole um, issue about complexity in financial information and um, and wading through navigating all that is just is, is really problematic for people with autism because of of the neurodiversity that they they have um, it's just it's, it's just overwhelming more so than it is for <laughs> it is for us mm-hmm. um, so to be able to um, to have a program or to have access to some education which can cut through the complexity make it simple step by step that it'd be perfect for them and so um, so there, there are many challenges that they face things like um, they're very open to or much more vulnerable to exploitation than um, than people who are not autistic because they are very trusting and also have a very I guess naive is not the right word they're very trusting and sincere and they think that everybody everyone is the same so you know the idea that someone would lie to them or try to take advantage of them in a financial sense is really quite um, beyond their comprehension so when that happens it's really quite a shock and and unbelievable so to have information that about these sorts of things what to do I mean uh, in an ideal world they they shouldn't have to learn that <laughs> um, but but at the, but the, the, the truth is they, they do so so to be open to um, know about scams to be able to know about um, you know savings they all have goals and really they're, they're, there's no different to to people who are to um, neurotypical people yeah. um, they all have things that they want to save up for they all have things that they want to do and they all have interests and they would like to be able to be an independent consumer where they feel they can participate in life. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're really thrilled that um, we've got some of these insights into some of the issues facing people with disability broadly, but particularly this, this group, um, people who are living with autism. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, with Money Minded, propose that Money Minded is the answer to everything, not by any stretch. I think Money Minded can play a role, but there's lots of really broad questions about overall financial well-being. Mm-hmm. That this report and the report that RMIT has done with Autism CRC really gives us some great insights into really what makes financial well-being yes. possible for all, all different segments of society and we're really looking forward to working a lot more with Rosalind and our partners to explore that even further in the future. And it is possible. I mean, the, there's, the, there are varying capacities, but it's really, really possible for them to participate fully in a financial world if it's presented and delivered in a way that they that they can grasp, yeah. basically. And, so. And- it's really, it's, 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 it would make a world of difference yeah. for them. And, and another thing about Money Minded too, internationally, um, in the report we have a case study um, of some work that uh, the team has been doing with people with, living with disability in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're talking here about quite a lot of issues that really transcend country borders and that they can apply equally. If ANZ's operating in Australia, there's a role we can play here. But there's a role we can play in our other markets as well, other places where we do business. So part of our consideration going forward is what are some of those common themes around financial well-being and how do we start to, as a bank, invest in things that will really be able to make a difference in, for some of these people. 
That's the interesting thing. I mean, I, on one level, the diversity makes it sort of challenging and a bit overwhelming for, for us to cope with in terms of research. But then at the end, when it all becomes synthesised, the, the issues are the same across, across countries, across disabilities, across um, everyone. I mean, it's, they, they can really be refined down to a few basic principles and they are human rights mm-hmm. to be able to participate as a consumer. Um, you can't have have leisure activities, you can't socialise, you can't eat, you can't have housing without knowing about money. And so um, these underserved markets, I mean, especially the people with autism, autistic individuals, it's they're greatly underserved. And I think it's something, it's about the invisibility of it. Um, many of the people that we had in our groups, you wouldn't know um, on site that, um, that, they had, um, that they had autism. But so therefore they are treated the same um, in terms of how the information is presented and, and the processes they have to go through. But with just some sort of tweaking around that area, they could easily participate just in the same manner um, that, that everybody else does. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with